You know, when I first came to the States, I was very impressed, as many visitors are, with the uh, evident patriotism uh, of the citizens here. You know, the flag is flown everywhere. Indeed, there's such a great reverence for the flag. I, I never knew that if the flag drops to the ground, you have to, you have to burn it, you know. Um, or, and if you fly it at night, it's got to be illuminated and uh, it's got to be folded in just, just this way and not any other way, you know. Uh, it does make me think, well, if we treat the flag like that, you know, how should we treat our Lord in the Eucharist, just by the by? Um, you know, but it, it's right to have that, uh, you know, to, that, to have that love of one's country. And you, you, we, we honor, give such great honor to those in the military and other services. Um, it's possible to be very patriotic and yet be less than happy with the state of one's nation. You may have come across in the last couple of days a Gallup poll that reveals that 38% of the population in America are extremely proud of their nation. Apparently this is the lowest figure since Gallup started taking the polls of, of pride in the nation uh, in 2001. Just 38% are extremely proud. 27% apparently are very proud, so if you add those together, at least 65% of citizens are, are proud of their nation. Now, so you can make of, of that what you will, um, you know, with all the things that are going on. It is it, it's right to want one's nation to be a great nation, but no nation, and not even America, can hope to be the new Jerusalem. All right, I know some people have this sense of, you know, it's a, it's a new start, a new Jerusalem, but it's not so. Um, you know, America, a good nation, will, will have its faults. Um, it will not be paradise on earth. That, that awaits us uh, in heaven. And we hear something of this Jerusalem that we hope for in the prophecy of Isaiah today. In fact, it could be interpreted as a kind of prosperity gospel. When it's promised, the Lord promises that I will spread prosperity over Jerusalem like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing torrent. It's as if all the, the wealth of the other nations will be kind of taken from them and, and conferred upon Jerusalem. But this, is, this literal wealth is not how the passage is to be interpreted because our Lord himself tells us, Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or in the Gospel of Luke, blessed are the so in the Gospel of Matthew, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It is this poverty, uh, either real literal poverty or the spiritual poverty that each one of us uh, should should seek if we are to be disciples of our Lord, who sent, as we read in the Gospel today, the seventy-two to prepare the way in the towns and villages where he was to visit. They were to be like John the Baptist, preparing the way, being precursors. And we know how John the Baptist prepared the way of the Lord. He was a man who lived in poverty as well. He warns them in the Gospel today, I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one on the way. So he's telling them about this poverty uh, of spirit that they are to have as they go and spread the, uh, the gospel and the good news. And also that single-mindedness, not to get distracted by what people say or people you meet on the way who either compliment you or revile you. you you've got a job to do. Keep going. Um, you know, we can't hang around. We, we've, got a, we've, got a, we've got work to do. And then he says, remain in those places where you find peaceful people, to welcome their hospitality, to cure their sick, 
and to preach the kingdom. That's what we're about. And then we are not welcome to move on. If they're, if they're not receptive to the preaching of the kingdom, well then, then move on, because that's our priority. It's preaching the kingdom of God. This Christian spirit of poverty leads to a great freedom of spirit, not worrying about what others might think. Even maybe the financial effects of fidelity to the gospel, one might suffer in one's career for the sake of the gospel and have to accept a lower paid job. That doesn't matter, we, we, we have a freedom there to accept that. Those who are blessed with wealth, they can also and must live this spirit of poverty, disposing of their wealth to help precisely in the promotion of the kingdom, supporting parishes, schools, the, the embellishment of the sacred liturgy, pregnancy resource centers, uh, work, work, social works that the church engages in, all these things. Uh, that's that spirit of poverty that leads one to be free in, or, in order to give of those good things. It was not physical wealth that would be Jerusalem's glory, but knowing that in that Jerusalem, in the kingdom, and of course in the church, God will comfort us by placing us in the lap of this Jerusalem and, and allow us to be consoled at the abundant breasts of this mother Jerusalem. If we are given this confidence in God, which leads to a great joy and a great peace that nothing can take away, whatever happens to us, whatever people say about us. In the collect of today's Mass, we prayed, O God, who in the abasement of your Son you have raised a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy. In that abasement of the Son, that he, he, he went lower than, than anyone else could, being God. He raised us. He raised this fallen world in which we live, this fallen nation in which we live, this fallen world in which we live. And we pray that because of that, we might be filled with a holy joy, a joy that nothing can take away. For this, the collect continues, on those rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. That's the good news, that none of us need to be, remain slaves to sin. The Israelites were rescued from Egypt, and they were comforted in Jerusalem. We have been rescued from that slavery to sin. We were captured by the evil one. We've been rescued and redeemed. And the comfort we receive in the church comes from the sacraments, uh, obviously originally in baptism, but continually through life, through confession, in which our consciences, which accuse us, are, are, are given rest and respite, and, uh, and comfort and the Eucharist also which feeds us and comforts us with that, that knowledge that the Lord truly dwells within us and of course in, in prayer by Christ our Lord in prayer we gain that consolation as well and we are strengthened for the mission I've already shared with some parishioners um, you know, my experiences last week um, in, in California uh, around San Francisco at the conference in Menlo Park uh, that I was attending and um, as you know, Archbishop uh, uh, Salvatore Cordelioni is the Archbishop there, and um, you know he, he faces a, a lot of uh, criticism for for his brave stance, you know, particularly recently in um, uh, declaring that uh, Speaker Pelosi is not to be 
uh, admitted to Holy Communion in his archdiocese, and yet she was in Rome just last week and received communion. Now, that doesn't mean any uh, undermining of Archbishop Cordiglione's position. She was just, uh, Speaker Pelosi was in a particular part of the Basilica, and a, a priest was assigned to that part. He may or may not have known anything about uh, what's going on here or who he was giving to communion to, but but she should not have gone to communion. And I asked Archbishop Cordiglione on Friday morning, you know, how he's dealing with that. He said, I don't care. I know what I had to do, and I'm at peace with it. And he, he is the most serene man. You see, he has this sense of not worrying about what other people think. On Friday, uh, we had a beautiful Mass that he celebrated, a pontifical Mass in Mission Dolores in San Francisco, which is in honor of St. Juniper, Junipero Serra. Apparently, that's the place where San Francisco really began, where Junipero Serra established a mission. And um, there were lots of demonstrations outside the Basilica before the Mass from people who oppose everything that we hold dear, whether it's uh, the you know, sanctity of marriage, uh, human sexuality, uh, life. Um, they were shouting at us that we were uh, imposters, colonizers, all that kind of thing. Um, accusing Christianity of being a religion of hate, and yet we seem to be on the receiving end of a lot of hate, uh, whereas we were just simply loving them. At the end of Mass, I had to leave early uh, to catch a plane home, and um, so I went to the back of the basilica and a seminarian came to me and he said, uh, Father, you may want to consider going out by a side door because of the demonstrators outside. I kind of said, well, there are police out there, aren't there? You know, we'll be, shouldn't come to any harm. So out I went with a couple of Knights of Columbus and immediately as I appeared on the steps of the basilica wearing my cassock, it was like you'd poked the bear. The drums started going, the shouts and the screams and the insults and everything was, was hurled, you know, not, nothing physical was hurled. Um, but uh, anyway, there I was with my phone trying to confirm my lift, you know, LYFT, uh, coming and I saw her go two minutes away. So I just stood on the steps uh, with all this abuse coming, you know. Um, it's quite demonic, really, the sight, that the sight of a priest could, you know, uh, could... could, could uh, cause um, such a reaction. But anyway, I made my, my way to the car. I mean, I went one way and was going through the demonstrators. I was advised to go down further down where the police cars were and the, and the motorbikes, you know. So there I was and went, went, went into the car, you know, and was, I was fine, totally fine. Um, and then uh, later, well, at the end, when I arrived at the airport, the driver, Manuel was his name. We had a little conversation in the car in Espanol, of course. And uh, he asked me for a blessing. So he got out of the car at the airport and I gave him a blessing. Then in the airport, with an air, with a staff, airport staff member asked me you know, if, I, uh, if I would pray for his knees. Um, and doubtless, because so he wanted to kneel. Uh, so I, I gave him a blessing and prayed over his knees. So you're reviled at one moment and then you're, you know, you're blessed at another. Um, but this is all part of bearing the, the cross of Christ. That ultimate poverty was explained by St. Paul in the letters of the Galatians when he said that I boast in the cross because in the cross the world is crucified to me and I to the world. For St. Paul it's really as if the world, as far as the world is concerned, I am dead. And as far as I'm concerned, the world doesn't matter. 
And this is a wonderful spirit that we should have. It's called the spiritual state of indifference, where really what goes on around us doesn't disturb our peace. Everything is for the good. Um, we're not disturbed when we get reviled. We're not, we don't get big-headed when we're blessed. All, all for the Lord. But bearing the marks of Jesus in our bodies, that full sharing in the cross, Another man who, who experienced that, who was on the conference, was Cardinal Pell, who I'm sure you know spent 14 months in, 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 in isolation in, uh, in Australia, unjustly accused of, of um, having abused someone. And um, he had no bitterness in him, because his faith sustained him, and totally able to forgive. Uh, and, and a man who was, as it were, indifferent, really, uh, to... Uh, to what he had to suffer. That's how we get to have our names written in heaven. Uh, When we're faithful to the Lord no matter what, when we're happy to have the marks of Jesus in our bodies and uh, and bear whatever comes our way for his sake. Uh, And Because we have this joy, joy in this world, but a joy that is out of this world, a joy and a peace that the world cannot give. It only comes from our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord says to the disciples today, Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. It's for us to ensure that we are amongst those whose names are written in heaven. But we also have a mission, and that is to make sure that the names of as many other people as possible are in heaven. Those who welcome us and receive the message of the kingdom will be amongst those whose names are written in heaven. Let's be steadfast. Let's be fearless. Let's be, have this holy, holy indifference, a gift from God, uh, whereby we will, we will do everything we can to spread the kingdom so that the names of as many people as possible will be written in heaven and that we will have this joy that no one can take from us.